Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.
Andrew, I just want to start the show by saying we were witness last week to one of the best promo segments in the history of this sport. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. It's the uh, pipe bomb promo of our generation, really. Yeah, yes. I know exactly. What you you're know, about. the you know, the promos good when they're like legit on the air giving you the hey, wrap it up signal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That means it's that means it's great. That's how you know it's going well. <laughs> That's how you know it's going well. I think Tony Khan could hear the people turning off their televisions uh, when Soraya was giving that promo last week. I think that's a. I think even he knew. Hey, we got something's going to be done here. You know, last week I think we had like a, a ten minute debate on whether it was good, like signing her or not. Um, and after that performance, I'm definitely leaning more towards no. I shouldn't have. Well, and then my other question is just like, what is? We still don't know why she's there. Right. Yeah. Is she is she gonna wrestle? It didn't seem like last week she was gonna wrestle. It seemed like last week she was the like GM of the women's division, which is what they were having her do on SmackDown for a while. Like I can't even figure out why she's there. You know what it reminded me of? When Brooke Hogan came into TNA and she got head of the knockouts and she had all the women come out just like that. Um ah. so and that did not go well at all. And unless Soraya can actually wrestle I'm yeah, I think you just don't want another WWE wrestler on there like that. Yeah, I mean I don't really I don't really know what the point of her being there yet. And maybe look, maybe the thing is is she's there to wrestle if she can get cleared to wrestle, but right now she's not cleared, so she's not we, we're not going to say she's going to wrestle yet. But then again, I would go back to if she's not cleared why is she there? <laughs> Why'd you bring her in if she's not clear? Like, if you're not 100% sure that she's going to wrestle, why'd you bring her in? And I, I can understand. Like, I actually get the point of they're not going to advertise or even allude to the fact that she may wrestle a match because they don't know if she's going to actually be able to. Okay, fine. Like, that's fair. I get that. But again, like, if that's the point, I would I ask the question, then why did you bring her in in the first place without knowing what you could do with her? I mean, that just seems like a, a very simple thing you'd want to know before you hire somebody is what are you able to do? What type of job description can you fulfill? I wonder if they're just like holding out hope that like six months from now or something that, you know, she could take another physical. I have no idea what they do to check your net. I'm sure it's more involved than a physical, but, you know, they might just be holding off to see if that works. But, yeah, in the meantime, it's like, are they really going to just have her, you know, talk down to like Britt Baker and Britt Baker has to take it because she can't do anything about it. Like she Did can't physically touch her. Yeah. And it just makes Britt yeah. Baker look less than it. it Last week, I thought the promo segment last week made their entire women's division look less than, which was not the message you want to send. And there was only like eight women in the entire division they showed. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, they all they all looked less than her. The whole division felt like it was less than her. And and we don't even know if she's going to wrestle. Like, it's just it's all I don't know. I, I don't understand why she's there. I don't understand what value is being brought right now with this. Like. Uh, again, with the exception of the big moment, I, I think like okay, that worked. Like they got the big reaction. That's the big moment, which Tony likes to do. He likes to book for big moments. But it's like okay, well, the big moment has subsided. Now, what are you going to do? And it doesn't seem like there's a plan. No, I mean, I don't. I think what you could maybe do with her is like I thought she was actually a lot better on commentary. She seemed like more natural and like jokey around with Taz. <laughs> Maybe like put her on rampage or something. I don't know. Like I don't think that's a great use for her, and she's probably being paid a lot more than that would justify. But 
I would much rather have her do that and, you know, not wrestle than have her as a focal point of the women's division and always like get a one up on the heels because there's nothing you can get out of that. Yeah. And, and she tried to take good out of it. I mean, I think uh, I'm reading direct from her Twitter account uh, following that show. It said, on a good note, I'm so proud of the women yesterday. Not only did they get more than five minutes to have a match, which if she's watched AEW, she would know they typically do in, in AEW. <laughs> um, it was also the first ever lumberjack match. A woman on commentary and a good portion of the roster being showcased. That's a win, even if I was a little rusty. She was joking about how she was a little rusty in her promo. So at least she's self-aware uh, about. <laughs> at least she was self-aware about it. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I again. So it's being kind of framed as she's there to get the women more exposure, but she's not going to wrestle. But it seems like she is the authority to book matches in the women's division. So is is she the women's booker? I I don't know. I, I don't think anybody does. I'm not even sure that Tony Khan knows what, what what her role is. And I I don't get like why her character would be so proud that she made it a lumberjack match. Like what does that have to do with anything? Like <laughs> steel cage. It could have been anything. Like Singapore cane match, a cage match. Like wow, you're a genius. You came up with a gimmick for a match. Like. It was unnecessary and just made all again, made all the women like look less than having them to like sit around at ringside while Serena and Deep and Tony Storm are trying to do, you know, put on a match. But I mean, that has to be like the worst debut promo, like somebody going from WWE to AEW so <laughs> far. Right. Yeah, I can't think of, of many others. <laughs> I, I don't know of any that were bad or just even. You know, like when Cole, Adam Cole popped up and CM Punk and Danielson, they all talked for the first time. Like it may not have been amazing, but it wasn't like that. It wasn't that. No, no. it wasn't that. Um, speaking of WWE people going into AEW, uh, there was a comparison this week made by Dave Meltzer about AEW looking like a certain former company. Maybe. Um. Yeah. He uh, basically, uh, not word for word, but he's uh, yeah. saying it's like TNA. It's starting to feel like TNA. Um, and when I read that, it, I was thinking, yeah. I mean, he's basically saying like, you know, back in the day, like Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, like never got these huge pushes because somebody would always like come in and take their spotlight, you know, like Booker T, Kevin Nash, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and right now, that's what it's kind of feeling like. I mean, Soraya came in and immediately, like, leapfrogged everyone. Yeah. And what's interesting about it, too, is this is coming from someone who is not, not usually critical of their product. Usually only has many. She has many, like... It, Dave just doesn't criticize the AEW oh, product yeah, yeah, yeah. very much. Like, yep. it's usually pretty positive. Um and I don't think – I wouldn't say, like, he was necessarily ripping them here, but, like, he was drawing a comparison that was not a favorable one. And I, I would agree with him also. I think I think he's right. As much as I am not necessarily – like, I, I feel weird for even defending the guy uh, and saying his push should be more. But, like, as much as I am not a fan of Darby Allen and I don't really get it, Darby Allen was getting a very big push eight months ago. Yeah. And now it seems like he's not. And, and he still is, but it, I shouldn't say he's not. He still is, but it's not nearly the push he was getting 
you know, eight or nine months ago, you know, and why is that? Well, I mean, it is kind of cyclical, I guess, no matter what, right? There's going to be ebbs and flows to, to anybody's push and what they're doing on TV, but it also has coincided with, you know, other guys being brought in. And now some of those guys have also left <laughs> at the same time. Um, but yeah, like it, there is, I think, a growing sense that the guy, and, and I would put Hangman Page in that category too. I mean, we talked about him last week and how yeah. it, I, I thought his title reign was was terrible because he wasn't the biggest guy in the company. He wasn't the he wasn't the biggest draw, even the biggest star in the company. He was like fourth or fifth or sixth on that list, and he had the world title. Um, and it, why? Because of guys that were brought in ahead of him. So like, it goes back to I think. The the idea that Tony had in 2019 that we were going to go from Jericho to Omega to to Page that was going to be the flow of the title, and that seemed like a good plan in 2019 because you had time to build up Page to get him ready for that title. Then you brought in guys that were ahead of him, guys that even if you weren't going to book them, and he did book them ahead of, of Adam Page, but that's that's another point. Uh, they're just they're bigger stars than he is. So those guys come in and even unintentionally get in the way of Adam Page's push unless Adam Page beats them, which didn't happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it, it, we are starting to see some of that, I think, of, of guys who are reaching a glass ceiling, so to speak, because they're of the people that are ahead of them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also every Saturday we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. 
The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So, again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I think Darby Allen like, actually stands out a lot to me because he was getting over more and more so, I mean, over the months that he was in the company and putting on good matches. And like, like you said, I'm, I'm, I don't quite get it, but the crowd's like got into him pretty good. And it's like his reward for all that is to get less TV time and lose to like all these former like WWE people. Cause like, I, I believe like he came out on the losing end of that Andrade feud. Um, and like, well, we'll probably get into that in a little bit, but like that's, probably not in hindsight like a good decision like he should have gone over that he should have gone over like other yeah uh people of that caliber but and i think that's like some of the frustration right now maybe why like ticket attendance isn't as high because you know fans got they invested into somebody like a darby allen for like two years and watched him on his journey and then just nothing like he doesn't have big storylines he'll just have these occasional feuds he's not he hasn't had like a title run anytime recently so yeah, I, I can I can see why there's a lot of frustration uh, backstage and from fans at the moment. The ticket sale thing is interesting to me because it, it is that has been noticeable, right? I mean, that's been those numbers are reported, and look, they're numbers. It's not even opinion; uh, those yep. numbers are numbers. We we can have we can have varying opinions on on what the cause of it is, but I, I think it's in part the fact that. They're three years old now. <laughs> you know, it's it, anything's going to have diminishing returns to to a certain extent, unless you've just got a really really hot product. But there was a newness, I think, to AEW at one point, uh, where their first time in markets they were selling out. Uh, you know, now they they've come back to some markets three, four, five times at this point. Like they have a, a dynamite coming up in Boston in uh, November. I think it's in about a month, and this is probably going to be their fourth show in boston maybe fifth i'd have to go back and look uh and they've also had 
Dynamites in Worcester, which is only like 40 minutes away. And they had the Ring of Honor pay-per-view in Lowell, which is only like 40 minutes north. So, like, they've been to this market a lot. And I, I do think there there's diminishing returns there. But I, I also think, like you said, there's something to be said for... It's not as exciting because it's not as new, but you can replace some of that if you're telling really good stories and you're getting people emotionally invested. And I don't know that that's happening enough. Uh, and it's also it's also reflective in in their television numbers as well, which are which tend to still be level. I mean, they're not. They're mm-hmm. not, I wouldn't say that they're strong. I wouldn't say that they're weak. They, they're they're about what they have been. Uh, yeah. But you kind of see those fluctuations throughout the show, and it's just like uh, there's something going on there. I also wonder, too, and I don't know if it's like 5% or 10% or whatever you would like put it at of like fan enthusiasm for the AEW product, but like or diminishing of that because WWE right now, it's harder to hate them. <laughs> like, I think a lot of people were so tired uh, of WWE for years, just of Vince McMahon in charge and he didn't like yeah. see all of the talent. Uh, now Triple H is in charge. He's less of a horrible person for one. Uh, I mean, like, I I no longer feel good, like, supporting Vince McMahon in any way, shape, or form. Like, that was a big reason why I just canceled the network back in the day. Like, Triple H, I didn't like him as a wrestler, but as a human being, I don't have a problem with him. Whereas, like, Vince McMahon, I did. Um, And I think that's part of, like, AEW's identity, whether they ever, like, would say it or not. It's just that they aren't WWE. Like, you can feel mostly good about supporting this company. Um, and now that that has changed, it's like, well, you know, if AEW is not serving my needs, I'll go check out WWE again. Like, let's see what they're up to. So I, I think that's part of it, too, just like Triple H being in charge at the moment. Uh, that's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, I know I've watched more WWE in the last two months than I probably did in the last two years combined. Same. Honestly. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it's just because, you know, and also there was, again, there's a newness there. Like I was interested in what they, what the show was going to look like. And I was interested in what they were going to be doing because there's a new person in charge. Uh, and I think that's something that AEW was able to enjoy for a while too. It's just, they're the new company. What are they going to do? What is this going to look like? Uh, you know, it's just now that those, those roles have reversed a little bit, which is, which is interesting. Um, and it's, it's interesting too, because, uh, they, I, I think we, we could see talent kind of feeling the same way. I think that's what we've seen a little bit with Malachi Black and maybe even Buddy Matthews and guys who want to go back potentially. Like, you know, there's – I don't think there's going to be talent that are in such a rush to get out of WWE the way that there was three years ago. And I think some people like, like Chris Jericho and, and John Moxley were just sick and tired of working with Vince. I don't think there's going to be necessarily people that are in such a rush to leave uh, or that are going to be in such a rush to leave WWE. And at the, on the flip side of that, there may be some people that when their contract's up with AEW might now look at WWE as an option when before maybe they really wouldn't have unless the money was just so stupidly good. It was too, it was, you know, you couldn't refuse it. Yeah, I think that's going to be a big problem because as we've seen, like the locker room is just like every week something new is breaking. Um, I mean, it was a new F- one this week. <laughs> a new one. And, well, and like FTR was overseas and they just said like, hey, like Tony Khan, we still work for you. Book us. Um, so they're like obviously unhappy. <laughs> I didn't um, even see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like in a mean way, but, you know, Tony Khan is like he doesn't like little digs at the company, which like a side <laughs> note, I I do not get why wrestlers keep doing that, like complaining. Like it's never, ever, ever worked out for them in AEW. Like Tony. No, is... well, 
unless they're just so unhappy, they're like, I know I'm very unless they're so unhappy with Tony, they know it's going to piss him off. So therefore, they they don't care. They're just doing it anyway. You know That's what I, mean? what I wonder, but because like Brian Cage didn't work out for him, Miro <laughs> hasn't worked out for him. Yeah, is Miro uh, still on the roster? Jeez, I, we haven't seen Miro in you know feel like it feels like the last time we saw Miro, they were still wrestling in front of no crowds. <laughs> well, I heard that he hasn't had a match on Dynamite in three months, which is insane. Like. You know, people uh, were, were waiting like that up. Yeah, people were waiting for six, eight months for him to return. Um, and then he came back and <laughs> nothing. They don't do anything. Well, if you remember the beginning of the like around this time last year, we heard, you know, Tony's plan was 2022 was going to be the year that Miro gets his big push. Oh, that's right. That was the big story. This is the year. So, uh, Miro what, has had Miro has had a total of four matches in 2022 <laughs> jeez he's got to be making really good money too i would assume oh uh, he beat johnny elite on june 1st he beat ethan page on june 15th in an all-atlantic qualifying match then he lost the uh in a four-way to to pack for the title at forbidden door and then he was in that six man with darby allen and sting it all out those have been his only four matches of the year that's frustrating just to hear that. Like, I'm not the biggest Miro fan, but if you can't find a place for him on the show within six months or however <laughs> long, like, that's a problem. Yeah, uh, you, you would think, because I'm looking at even before that, he didn't wrestle from, oh, I think he was hurt, wasn't he, from November he, to June? He was hurt, and I think he was, like, shooting some stuff, too, like, in an independent film or something. But Yeah, he had a lot, he had a lot of matches last year. Yeah, but I mean, he's been ready for the past like four months and and uh, nothing. I mean, I don't think he's even he's had a couple vignettes, but I would say total on TV. There's no way he's even talked for like three minutes total in the past four months. I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't remember it at all, to be quite, to be quite honest with you. So, yeah, it's um, that's the story of Miro in 2022. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's and again, going back to what we opened the show with. If that was the idea for if, if that's all you have for Miro right now, why are you why are you still employing him? Why yeah. are you still paying him? <laughs> like, do do you like just throwing money into a you know into a, a hole in your backyard and burying it? Like, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, and maybe the AEWs are different. I mean, maybe Tony because Tony hasn't really cut anybody, so maybe he's given people no cut contracts. I don't know, um, but it just seems like if you're paying the guy, you'd want to have him. Do something. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I like, how could you not get like a month long program out of him and John Moxley at this point? I mean, you don't have to main event a pay-per-view, but you could do easily something like that. Fans would buy into it. Like he gets good reactions whenever he comes out. I mean, I'm also still baffled. Like how, how's Lana not in the company? Like, sounds like she yeah. would be very much up for that. And they had promo after promo after promo of him talking about like his wife and <laughs> they never, it never paid off in any, any form. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's making I'll, half a million. I'll just say, I have no idea somewhere in that ballpark. And <laughs> like you're saying, it's just being thrown away to do nothing. It's being thrown away to do nothing. That is correct. Um, one thing we should hint on, hit on before we get to some emails is something that I would like to see all wrestling companies that have television do. Uh, WWE hired a long-term storyteller. Like a, yeah. I, I think like they're calling it director of long-term storytelling or long-term content or something like that. Uh, it was a guy who wrote for Marvel. He's worked at tele- television production. He's worked for Disney. Uh, he's done some production work, I think, for Will Smith and others. But first of... Uh, First of anyone in this type of official capacity, like I'm sure WWE in the past has had someone on creative that was in charge of mapping out long-term stories, but this is something that everybody should be doing. Like Tony Khan should have a director of long-term storytelling as well. (laughs) Uh, If you've got a television show, this seems like someone who can kind of keep the train on the tracks. Uh, Yeah, I I really like this uh, move by WWE. Um, I'm, I'm with you. Like I've watched the program more than I have, but I'm still not into it yet. But I mean, yeah. if they're going to do long-term storylines, like, yeah, I might check back now and then something might hook me. Like this is definitely 
gives me more of a hook and I imagine for other people as well. And Tony Khan badly needs somebody like this. I mean, like I just said, like, what was the, what was the payoff to Miro talking about his wife for months on end? Like yeah, what was nothing. the long term, what was the long term story of that? Yeah, there wasn't one. Yeah, and it's not that's not necessarily a Tony thing either. Like I, I think anyone that was that's in his position needs someone like this to kind of steer the yeah. ship because you're getting pulled in nine hundred different directions. He's trying to do creative, and then on days of the show, he's probably producing backstage segments, and he's got wrestlers coming up to him going, "Hey, can I have a, a quick meeting with you? I want to talk about something about my creative." And then he's got this person talking to him about something with television. Like I'm sure he's getting. Uh, pulled in 900 different directions every time he's at TV, and and that's how things get lost. It's not like, oh, you know what, I'm purposely going to take this storyline and just sabotage it. It's just uh, three people come to you with three different requests, and you and they're small, and you say yes to all of them, but then when you add up those three requests and you put them all into action, it can mess up your storytelling, and I, I think that's where things have gotten lost and, si- and gone sideways at times, and it, it's a... It, I think Triple H is aware that he needs someone like that. I think Tony should be aware that he needs someone like it too. Yeah. I mean, I feel there's like, if you would ask Tony Khan right now, I bet so many people on the roster, he would have no idea what he's going to do with. Like if you said, what are you going to do with Claudio? What's he going to be doing like three months from now? I would put good money (laughs) that he has no idea. Like anyone like, like Soraya, what do you envision for her six months from now? Well, Britt Baker, pick anyone that you want on the entire roster. Like, who, where are they going to be out in the card? Like, are they going to have any storylines? Like, why why would you do this week to week uh, all the time? I mean, that's one of the things that drove people nuts about WWE. And Tony does do a better job, for sure, than Vince McMahon was doing. But, um, you know, there hasn't been a, long, a lot of long-term storylines. But the ones they do, like the fans that are receptive to, like Hangman Page uh, and Kenny Omega. But right now, there's not... I'm trying to think of what's really going on that has been you could say is long-term i guess mjf he's got mjf yeah but mjf also went away for three months and they didn't acknowledge him at all so like it wasn't really something that he had to it wasn't a long-term storyline in the sense that he had to book a segment involving that story on a week-to-week basis for the last three months mjf went away that's true yeah uh yeah so much of it just seems like it's kind of spur of the moment who's ever I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know what his what Tony's method is, but it does seem a bit random. Uh, are you into Wheeler Yuta against? No. <laughs> no, I thought that was terrible. That is. I want to be into Wheeler Yuta. I feel yeah. like I should be a fan of Wheeler Yuta. It's not like Darby Allen, where I'm like, I just don't get it. He's, it seems stupid to me that he's jumping off of things and acting like an idiot. Uh, Wheeler Yuta, I can kind of understand. I think his promos have been not good <laughs> they've been bad uh yeah. and there's just something missing with him still where like he looks like a guy they plucked out of the front row and it's like hey you're gonna fight mjf tonight you know he just doesn't look like he doesn't look like a pro wrestler i don't know what it is like he looks like he looks like he they literally could have plucked him out of the crowd and said hey you're gonna have a match you're on match four like he needs to do something I think to just differentiate himself a little bit the promos aren't gonna be it at least not yet because they they weren't very good but I'd like to see him do something to kind of just pop a little bit on the screen because he does have this very he, he looks like he could be just a guy that bought a ticket yeah I mean I think probably one of the best AEW moments of the year was his match with John Moxley and like where he finally like earned his respect. Uh, I thought that was really good. 
Yeah. But every everything since then for him has been really downhill. Well, I would say not really downhill until last week when he was trying to. I mean, he's he's just not a promo guy. No, he's uh, got that prototypical. I'm gonna yell, and that makes this important promo style. Yeah, and his voice like cracked, which yeah, was a little bit embarrassing. But I mean, it can be like, overcome. I, I, but. I, I honestly felt bad. Like, <laughs> I was like, Ugh. I was kind of cringing as it was happening. Going, like, I don't like to see this. <laughs> I don't know. What, so the so two weeks ago, I thought it was bad. So which is fine. I mean, like, yeah, every now and then, like, give a wrestler a chance like that. But Tony should have been like, oh, that did not go well. So I'm going to plan something different next week. Instead, he gave him even more screen time. <laughs> yeah. And more pro time. He, like, dug in deeper. That'll um, fix it. Yeah. No, I didn't. I thought that was bad and made me go. I'm like, I, I don't know if I buy him in the BCC now. Well, and Maybe here's the other thing. Like, though. you can tell they're trying to build to, to build him, right? You can tell they're trying to do something with him. And yeah. if you're trying to do something with him, is having him lose to MJF really the best thing for him to do? Because he's not going to win. No. I wouldn't. I don't know. I would maybe just put him in a tag team with Claudio and like that can be the BCC's. Take take team and then have two singles guys. I mean, at least we give Claudio something to do too, because that wasn't a, that was a concern I had last week. I said, you know, again, it's always like the it's always the the shiny new toy with Tony and Claudio was the shiny new toy throughout the summer and he was the ROH World Champion and it was great and he lost about the Jericho and now what's he gonna do? Like, is Claudio gonna disappear and wrestle four matches uh, four matches in the next twelve months like like Miro has? Like, what's the plan here? It just he doesn't seem to have one. So like, it, it's almost like honestly. He's booking kind of in a way that they did back in the territory days where if he's going to do that, fine, but it doesn't make sense to put these guys under long-term contracts. Like, if this is how you're going to book guys, bring Claudio in on a six-month contract, use him for six months, and then let him go because you're not going to use him. You know what I mean? Like, it's, he's kind of booking in that way where, like, a guy comes in for a few months, he's got to run, and then he's gone. Uh, and with the exception of a couple of guys that are at the very, very top, that's how he's kind of utilized guys. I mean, even if you look back and, like, Lance Archer was utilized until some bigger names came in and then he disappeared. And uh, you know, there's been a, several guys like that I, I, where they were heavily featured early on and then uh, they go or they go through stretches where they're heavily featured and then they vanish because, you know, they, there's just nothing for him to do. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't know that necessarily long-term contracts is the best thing for him to be doing if – if that's the idea, if that's how he's going to book. Now, there's a business side of that too, and I'm sure it might be hard to get talent to commit if you're not, unless you're going to give them a long-term commitment. But uh, if their option is a six-month AEW contract or nothing, because they were just cut from WWE, guess what? I think they're probably going to still take the six-month AEW deal. I would assume so. I mean, where I mean, the next best play, pain place is Impact, and that would probably be a fraction. I mean. I would guess, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would I would assume they would still take the AEW deal. And yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, but yeah, they just obviously they have way too many people on the roster, but you like yeah, you tune in and you don't know like who's going to be on the show. And and we and I agree with the concept like not, you know, you sh- every top wrestler should not be on every single show. Like you can mix them in. But there should be like a fairly, you know, have like a cast, <laughs> like a, a regular TV show of kind of like people you can mostly count on that are going to show up and you can follow them along week to week. And just like pick those people, and then the other people are there to lose to them, I guess. But um, yeah, the way it's being doing, done now, where people are just aimless, have no creative direction, 
they have nothing of substance to do. They're not even like Claudio. We don't even know if he's like upset that he lost the title. And haven't heard from him. No, he has nothing to say no. about it. He's fine with it, I guess. So, yeah. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Yeah, and that's where, like, I think a director of long-term storytelling can help, too. Or just yes. a director of some way where they can kind of lay it out and say, okay. Or just map out that talent roster, you know, several weeks in advance. Kind of block it out. Okay, this is my roster for October 5th. This is my roster for October 12th. I'll remove these two guys, and I'll insert these two guys. And then this is my roster for the fourth. And obviously you have storylines where you may need some guys on the show every week, but you should be able to rotate other people in and out and keep everybody on the show. And But it's going to take some long-term planning. And again, between Tony doing a million things within AEW, oh, and also like having seven other full-time jobs, maybe there's just not enough time of the day for him to do all this. Yeah, I... Uh... I think it's a huge, I mean, hopefully this like will allow his ego <laughs> to, to be like, well, if WWE did it, I guess I could do something like that too. Hire another writer. Um, yeah. I hope so. I doubt it, but yeah. I hope so. Oh, I do. I doubt it too. Yeah. I mean, I think right now the interest in the product and just like it's hasn't been this low in a long time. I mean, there was like that lull over the summer where things weren't quite clicking. Uh, and this just seems to be like an extension of that. So I think the past few months have been probably the least entertaining and more hectic they've been in probably a couple of years. All right, let's go to emails. Um, up first is Hannah in Florida. She says, good evening, gentlemen. Now the Tony Khan has not had a single EVP for most of September and AEW has run perfectly fine without them. Do you think he's realizing these positions are altogether unnecessary? Forget the notion of stripping EVP titles as punishment for the all out brawl. I'm wondering whether he's reevaluating the purpose, justification and overall return on investment. Uh, the EVP role produces and could eliminate the positions due to a lack of necessity. Tony can use the excuse of company downsizing and cutting costs, both of which he desperately needs to do if he wants to avoid dealing with executive misconduct or confrontation. Hannah in Florida. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good point. Uh, I was, it's funny, I had not read her email ahead of time, but it's funny because I was, I was thinking about this last night. I was eating dinner on the go. I was in my car as I was eating dinner, driving as most of us do, obviously. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about this and I was like, you know what, why did Tony give them the EVP title to begin with? I think I was listening to, to, Todd and um, Todd Martin and Wade on on the mailbag portion of the fix uh, and something AEW got brought up and I was thinking about it. Um, I started to wonder, you know, why did Tony give them the EVP title to begin with? He didn't, you know, he financially backed it. It was his company. They never had an ownership stake in it. And I wonder. I'm trying to remember Andrew and going back in time to three years ago when this whole thing was launched. My assumption is that Tony probably felt like he needed. Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega in order to get a television deal. Because All Out 
did really great numbers both on WGN or sorry all in on mm-hmm. WGN where they did their pre-show and they did really good numbers on pay-per-view and I think Tony probably felt like okay it's my company I'm backing it but these guys were the main guys on this show that just did really good television numbers and if I'm going to get a television partner I need them so look in hindsight could he have just hired them and said hey look I'm going to give you you know a $500,000 a year guarantee you're not EVPs, you're wrestlers, but you're going to be the start of our roster. Could he have done that? Probably. Um, but I think, I wonder how much of the EVP title was given to those guys because he needed to make sure that he got them. Because without them, he wasn't sure he was going to get TV. And without TV, no matter how much money he has, he doesn't have a company. But I agree with Hannah's overall point that they've done nothing. None of the EVPs have really done any sort of executive vice presidential work. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, too, if like when he was bringing them all into the company, he just had higher expectations. And he's like, yeah, the Bucks, like they put on this show, so they must know what they're doing. And that can probably transfer from week to week television, uh, which we saw. Maybe. (laughs) Well, like with, you know, like it's because that those first few months were like so goofy. And I think that was probably like the Young Bucks and Kenny's influence. And like that's when Tony had to take it away. So maybe he did have. Going into it, he's like, okay, yeah, maybe these people can make this work. And then eventually had to take that power away. Um, But I think, yeah, I don't know. I think whenever they do, if they do resign, I mean, maybe they'll get like grandfathered in and get to keep those titles uh, and they don't really mean anything. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he during like renegotiation is like, hey, I'll, you know, you're going to raise, but you can't have the title anymore. Just it it ruffles too many feathers. So uh, I think that's probably the better route. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Alex in Minneapolis says, the reason the likes of Anoki, Vince, and Pena were the geniuses that you can't touch is because they were balls out insane. Mm. <laughs> I like how it's all right. Antonio Anoki getting someone to build that Vader helmet. Pena creating a skeleton wrestler who dances and Vince McMahon letting, letting the big boss man do poetry. Just maverick head cases. Tony Khan books wrestlers, hires them from the indies and just lets them work and talk. Homeboy needs to get his pencil out and draw a spaceman or something. <laughs> get some gimmicks made. Get some gimmicks made from scratch. You can tell. I'll finish. I'll finish Alex's email in a second. But you can tell just a little like inside production for people that are listening. You can tell ahead of time whether or not I've read the emails ahead of time <laughs> based upon how I react as I'm reading them. When I start laughing like that, it's because it's the first time I've read the line <laughs> because I didn't read these ahead of time. So. Uh, I'll go back to Homeboy. Homeboy needs to get his pencil out and draw a spaceman or something. Get some gimmicks made from scratch. Really get wild. I like Sting, but him wanting Darby to team with him and it, it would team with him and Muda at Muda's retirement show really reeks of, quote, we want to do the work. We want someone to do the work. Dan Lambert's a multimillionaire, runs his own fight camp. He's been on TV for TNA, MLW, and AEW in major angles. This guy doesn't need it and has done enough to cross off wrestling on his bucket list. And he's out here accepting indie dates to work with Fonzie you'd have to love it <sighs> what famous uh, Hollywood director this is a question <laughs> what famous Hollywood director do you guys think would make a great, a great wrestling booker and then he says P.S. I recommend you guys try the lumberjack slam at Denny's it's a five star breakfast oh I haven't been to a Denny's in like 15 God. years at least I uh, when I lived in Fargo, seventeen years ago, yeah, somewhere in there, I would say fifteen. I used to go there late at night, though. That was kind of a nice college yeah. trip. 
Are there IHOPs out where you are? There must be, right? IHOPs. Yes. Thing. I am a huge okay. IHOP fan. Oh my god, love There's it. an IHOP right down the street from me. I haven't been to that IHOP in forever though. IHOP was always like back in high school, if if you were out late or like there was like a I don't know, like say there was like a dance at the school or something like that and we needed mm-hmm. to go somewhere at like one in the morning, IHOP was our was our place to go. We always went to IHOP. Oh man, we didn't have that where I grew up. There was no place I was twenty four hours, so people would just like this is a rural Minnesota, they would just like go to a parking lot. <laughs> <and hang laughs> We went to IHOP. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't much better. I mean, come on, IHOP was. <laughs> they had pancakes though, at least. But yeah, they did have pancakes. Uh, what famous Hollywood director do you guys think would make a great wrestling booker? I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'd say Tarantino, but it'd get weird. Oh, that would that would be fun. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. Um, my favorite director is David Lynch, and he is super, super weird. <laughs> um, and it would just be so far out there from reality. It would either be amazing and you would want to watch every week, or it would just be so head scratchingly weird that eh, actually probably nobody would watch except me, <laughs> but I would get a kick out of it. Um, otherwise who's somebody a little more grounded in reality? I don't know. Um, Oh, I guess you could do somebody like, oh, I'm blanking on, Oh, John Woo, who did like a bunch of like, Oh, that would work. Awesome. Yeah. Um, he's done some awesome action films, so maybe he would get into that and deliver the goods. Uh, what was the, uh, what was the big boss man reading poetry? I don't recall this. I don't recall him reading poetry either. I'd have to go back and look, or Alex can tell us. Okay. Uh, oh, and for Alex too. Um, oh shoot. No, he asked me to have some fish and I forgot I got a burger last time I was at Culver's. I apologize. I will still, um, get that fish. I uh, just dropped my wedding ring, and I can't find it. So my wife might be very mad at me tomorrow. Now you're a single guy. Where did it go? <laughs> Seriously, I, I was playing with it, and I dropped it on the floor, and now I don't know where the hell it went. Oh. I'll find it later. I will. For the, next, for, the rest of this, for the rest of this show, I think I'm single. Don't tell me. <laughs> I think that's how it works. Yeah, I think it's definitely how it works. It's not on, so I guess that's how it works. Um... Zach in Texas is next. This is, I haven't read this one either, but uh, a little longer. So I may pause and we'll react kind of in chunks as the email goes, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, Fellas, I had to step back and take a breath after the opening rants from last week's podcast because my head was spinning. When it comes to Soraya, I think comparing her to CM Punk is just inaccurate. Punk came in with a slight ego and a sense of entitlement. With Soraya, she knows that any time in the ring is a gift given her neck injury history. Also, this notion of her being a problem behind the scenes is almost mean. She had addiction issues and was embroiled in a toxic and abusive relationship with Alberto El Patron, who we can all agree is a piece of garbage. I would agree. Uh, She's kicked both of those habits. She's clean, sober, and healthy. How long is her past going to be held against her? Her current boyfriend may not be a pillar of the community, but as far as we know, he's not abusing her or enabling or encouraging her addiction. John Moxley went to rehab and got clean, but you're not questioning Tony Khan's decision to put the world title on him. If having addiction issues was a non-starter in wrestling, a lot of people at both companies would be unemployed right now. She deserves a second chance, not being perpetually judged for past, past mistakes. 
I'm sure Mike was feeling some kind of vindication after her promo on Wednesday, but I would say not so fast. There were all of these expectations for what she was going to say, but she's not cleared yet. So Tony Khan had to hedge his bets a bit and turn it into a promo spotlighting the women's division. That left Soraya out there just juggling swords. I said it on Twitter. She couldn't build herself up too much so as to not raise expectations for a match they may not be able to deliver, but Tony Khan didn't want to define her as some kind of authority figure either, so she ended up being tasked with that awkwardly with awkwardly putting over the division while still sniping with Burt Baker. I know the next thing you're, y'all, I like that, sorry, I didn't mean to misread that. Uh, that's my fault. I know the next thing y'all are going to say is don't bother bringing her in until you know she's cleared or not. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we already said that actually so i think zach may have read our minds he saw the future but he's this is like a, that weird mind thing where like a mind bending thing where he saw the future but is referencing it in the past because we've already said it um uh till bring until she's clear or not i thought about that and sure he could have waited but i think he's operating on the assumption she will be and wanted a big surprise for grand slam i just hope she gets cleared soon because otherwise tony khan is in the awkward position of having his biggest and likely highest paid women star being stuck in the role of a talking head he's on record as not wanting authority figures but his hand would almost be forced if she can't compete after all uh he then has a five dollar challenge for us which we'll get to in a second but yeah i mean mm. i i mean i'm not holding her addiction issues against her. I'm holding the fact that she's made some very poor choices in the past against her. <laughs> uh, and it's not just it's not just that. I mean, she's she's in multiple instances here where things have kind of gone off the rails and she's been a problem. And I, I don't think the Moxley comparison is very fair because, um, um, you know, nobody's questioning Tony Khan's decision to put the world title on John Moxley. Well, John Moxley has never been an issue as far as we're aware. Like backstage, like within business dealings with other wrestlers and with management, like John Moxley's never been a problem in the way that Soraya has been a problem with certain people and, and certain companies. So, I mean, it, was it all her fault? Probably not. No. Um, you know, I agree with him. El Patron was a piece of garbage, but like, does she deserve no responsibility for her past? Like, well, no, I think that's, I think that's being a little naive too. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for second chances. And it does sound like some women backstage like put in a good word for her. So maybe like things have changed for her. Um, I haven't. I, and, and I genuinely hope so. Like, I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not sitting here going, like, oh, I hope I'm rooting for her to still have the same. No, that's not at all what I'm saying. Right. Uh, like, I hope she's in a great spot. It's just that. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to question the judgment when there's not a. There's not a history there that would prove otherwise yet. Now, again, everyone deserves a second chance. So maybe the, the history will be, you know, she's gonna, going to prove herself now. But, like, there is a risk involved, is my point. Just like there would be a risk involved with bringing in someone like uh, Tessa Blanchard or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and not to, like, equate those two because, yeah. Just so yeah, exactly yeah. about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not equating those two. I'm saying that like there's there's a risk in involved with yes. bringing Soraya in the same way there would be risks involved with bringing in other people, and you have to weigh is the risk worth it. I don't think the risk is worth it with Soraya because we don't, as Zach said, we don't even know if she can wrestle. So it's like, is the risk worth the reward? I don't think so because I don't think she's going to move the needle from a ratings or ticket sales standpoint. And there is a risk in bringing her in. So like to me, it's not a move I would necessarily make, but it's not my money either. It's not my company. Yeah, I'm not like a firm. She should be like this was idiotic that they brought her into the company. Like I'm. 
I think it could work out for them really well. And I also think she might not be here in a year. Like she might just like quit the company and like have problems with how she's pushed or something. Um, the only, you know, basically all I know about her from the past like year is her boyfriend. And from what I've read, he's a very deeply problematic guy. Um, so I don't know if she's learned from her past <laughs> and changed in that regard um because i believe that i mean you can look him up for yourself uh but from what i've heard he's seems like a bit of a, a scumbag perhaps but i do hope she um i hope i mean i hope yeah i hope she can wrestle and i hope that she has like a great um second part of her career because she's still young and it is uh it must have been very very tough to have to retire at that age so again like what you're saying not rooting against her but i am very cautious that things will turn out well. Speaking of bad decisions, me taking my wedding off and playing around with it and dropping it <laughs> was a terrible decision on my part. I, I was just crawling on the floor, Andrew, during a, when you were answering there, and I have no idea where it went. That's weird. Maybe like... <sighs> I think I'm going to have to live down here in my office from now on. I'm not going to be allowed that... back upstairs. Yeah, that is... Uh... I'm scared for you. I mean, there's only so many places it can go. I'm sitting at this, this, the rug in the desk. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. It vanished. Hmm. You'll have to keep us updated Maybe. next week, though. We'll to yeah, know if you're still married we'll or not. Turn my office upside down when we're done recording here. Uh, all right. Zach says, let's lighten this way up. In 1993, WWE released an album simply called WrestleMania. The album produced by Simon Cowell. Yes, that Simon Cowell. Wow. The most famous song from the album became best known as Linda McMahon's entrance music. Yes, it did. Uh, and they were talking, and the guys were singing in the background. Uh, the rest of the album was, compri- was composed of various wrestlers cutting promos over hip-hop, synth-pop, and disco beats. It's one of the most absurd things you will ever hear. Yes, it is. Yeah. I implore you to go on YouTube and search these songs on here. Uh, search these songs here in the podcast or otherwise. I've heard some of them. They are way out there. Uh, for this week's $5 challenge, can you guess five of the nine wrestlers who participated in this insane album? Oh, I got this. I used to have this album I, in high school. Oh, <laughs> there you go then. I'm just trying to think. I can name. I can definitely name the ones that were on the Linda McMahon track. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. That was that. Yeah, that was that album. Yeah, yeah. Um, it Bret starts Hart, with "Are you ready for the Survivor Series?" <laughs> and then Mean Gene Oakland goes, "Who will survive?" <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I'm getting the WrestleMania theme like mixed up with that. There's like, oh, yeah, it it was WrestleMania for a couple of years. I think WrestleMania 10 to 14 used that theme and then Linda McMahon used it after that. But when when it was WrestleMania and when it was Linda McMahon, the words weren't in the song. It was just the music. Oh, Um, the one that I love, by the way, my favorite WrestleMania theme, too, is that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's better than like pitfalls and I think WrestleMania so like, as, as we've discussed 1994 was when i started watching like really religiously yeah. so wrestlemania 11 was the first wrestlemania that i watched as it happened as a fan which was the weird one in hartford with lawrence taylor and bam bam bigelow oh yeah and that was the theme of that wrestlemania so like yeah naturally that's the one that is going to always i'm going to have fond memories of
You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it will also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. Um, trying to think. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, oh. yes, the other people on that album. There's nine yes. of them, and you, you've only got, got to name five. And I, I'm going to lean on you here, but I think I, you sound like you got it if you had the well, album. The, the one to check out, and this one just tickles me to no end, is Bret Hart's "Never Been the Right Time to Say Goodbye." Um, just okay. a true story. Like my, my buddy and I just thought it was like the funniest song because it's Bret Hart like singing a love song, but he doesn't even sing. He just there's never been a right time to say goodbye. <laughs> I know it's not easy and you've been through some good and troubled times. Um, so my buddy and I would like, I remember we drove up to a party and it was an outdoor party and there's like 30 people there and we were just blasting that song and nobody like, <laughs> they probably just thought we were the biggest idiots because nobody like knew what it was. But to us, it was genius. Uh, Randy Savage, that's the one where they say the macho man. Um, Tatanka is on there. Hacksaw Jim Duggan b -b 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 beats people up. Um, that's four. Oh, and The Undertaker, Dance with the Dead Man. So that's a pretty good one, too. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I don't know if I can. Uh... I've already scrolled down to the answer. So um, Hacksaw you have, Bret Hart you have, Undertaker you have, Randy Savage you have, Tatanka you have. That's five. That, that's five you have. Yes. So you've already got the five. I'd have to think for longer. But who who are the other ones? Uh, the Nasty Boys with the Nasty oh, Boys stomp. I remember Brian Nobbs being on the cover of that. Okay. Uh, Mr. Perfect. The song was I'm Perfect. Oh, crush boy. sang Cold Crush. And the Big Boss Man sang Hard Times. I think there's like two versions and the, like, the English one has the crush one, and but the American one doesn't. I could be wrong. All right. <laughs> Uh, Jose from Golden Valley is next in the email. He says, Eric Bischoff said recently, quote, you know what I don't like about wrestling? The wrestling, end quote. Uh, logic you would never hear applied to anything else. Quote, you know what I hate about stand-up comedy? The clown who comes on stage and tells stories unconnected to anything. Well, unless it's Dane Cook. Uh, unless Dane <laughs> Cook is on that night. As much as Dr. Evil hates Big Match John, what there's a lot that? of celebrity. <laughs> I keep reading this as it's a long quote. I think Jose forgot the end quote after mm -hmm. the Dane Cook jab. Um, as much as Dr. Evil... Oh, that's you. I'm like, Dr. That's Evil, me, why are we me. talking about Dr. That's, I forgot yeah. that's you. As much as Dr. Evil hates Big Match John, there's a lot of celebrities whose duty it is to do charity work. It's good for them. When you go above the call of duty like John Cena has, that simply makes you a saint. He doesn't have to do this much, but he does more than anyone. In the next Creed film, they should do a wrestler versus boxer style and replace the Bob Hope line with nobody does this much for charity and John Cena would. 
John Cena does do a lot of make wishes. I will. I mean, he's yeah, a record. number one all time. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Andrade is an absolute disgrace if he really hit Sammy Guevara hard and he was still able to open his jaw to complain about it. So, yeah, what is going on with this? Before we, mm, we go deeper into his email, yeah. what is, do you know what's going on with this Andrade, Sammy Guevara storyline uh, story or real life thing? I don't really know. I think, yeah, I think Andrade hit Sammy too hard. And according to Sammy, he confronted Andrade and said, like, hey, you hit me too hard. According to Andrade, Sammy wasn't man enough to tell him that. Um, and then Sammy was like, you know, you only got hired because of your father-in-law. <laughs> oh, well, you know what I think, Andrew? It is a disgrace that Sammy Guevara has not been fired for these days. How dare he start something backstage with someone? Unbelievable. How has he not been fired? It's such a disgrace that these things would happen. Just like CM Punk, he should be banished for life. <laughs> Uh, and apparently, Andrade is like, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> In case people uh, could didn't pick up on it, Andrade's like, I'll see you on Wednesday. Like, you know, you can say it to my face, sort of thing. So either this is a work shoot, which is would be stupid since they're both heels, or Tony has another incident on his hand, and uh, I don't know. Sammy's basically saying like, "F you!" Like, you know, you just want to like go back to WWE. Why don't you just leave? Like, it's that sort of thing. So. More backstage drama. Uh, Jose continues. He says, why is he putting up with this? If I had Tony Khan slash his dad's money, how could you possibly take crap from these wrestlers that they dish out? I'd fire Sammy and Andrade this afternoon, buy myself a PS5, then take a hammer to it in front of the locker room if I were him. (laughs) I'd power play these young boys all day. <laughs> you come into the locker room. You say, "I fired two of your colleagues." Then you pull out a PlayStation and I'm Five, destroy a PS5. and then beat it with a hammer. I don't know if that would get their respect, or they just think you're insane. Plus, yeah. there's a lot of good games on PS5. Like there are getting like Elden Ring on that. I don't know if you want to beat that. Five dollar challenge time. Uh, the Rock's WWE contract expired in 2004, according to. According to Jose, uh, he wants to know, mm. can you name the first five movies that The Rock did post-WWE? Um, Walking Tall? It, Was that during or after? Mm, he did movies during? Yeah. I guess he did, right? It is yeah, so that wouldn't have been, yeah, I was going to say those in like The Mummy Returns and everything, yeah, but I guess those... Were during, so no. Mummy Returns was definitely during Scorpion King. I think he was still with the company. I think one of, that was like 2002-ish. I could be wrong. Well, the other thing here is Jose did not... Did I'm going to have to look these up because Jose, Jose, Jose did not okay. give us answers. <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, that's okay. I can look up his filmography on, on Wikipedia, but um, I won't do it yet because we're trying to get here. Yeah, I think Walking Tall... Is probably one of them. Uh, oh, he did the Get Shorty sequel, which was. Oh, what was the name of that? Was that uh, the one with John Travolta in it? Yes. Right. Yeah, I can't think of what the name I of think, it was. Though. I think it was. I think it was. Um, I think it was Be Cool. Oh, well done. Because I think. I think I was at an Aerosmith concert where they filmed a scene for that movie. Really? 
Yes, I believe that was the one. I could be wrong, but I believe that was the run. I think there was a, a scene where they were, or maybe it was the end credits or something. I w- I'm going to have to Google this. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Aerosmith, be cool. I think it was that movie. I can't find anything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Oh. Yeah, it was... Um, this is where I'm finding an article on it right now. Um, I do. I remember this. Uh, Christina Milian must be the actress in the movie. Yeah. I'm unfamiliar with this name. Um, Christina Milian and Be Cool performed a duet with Steven Tyler on crying on crying. And it was performed at a real life Aerosmith concert. And she goes on to talk to the LA Daily News about the experience. I was at the concert. Yes, there was going to do a rock song that's his own in front of an audience of 30,000 people that were there to see an Aerosmith concert in Boston. That's where it is, yeah. But actually, I'd say it was the highlight of my whole life. We shot, we shot it three times in the middle of their show. That They did. I remember they did the song over and over again. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. And every single time, <laughs> that was the only weird part. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting. So that's a side note. But yeah, I remember they... they they came out like uh, he introduced her and said they were filming it for a movie and they did one they did the song and then they were like because it's a movie we got to do take two and they did the same song again and then they did the same song a third time. <laughs> I think were by you the like third sick time, of it by then or I think by the third time people were like uh, all right, all right, enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it was interesting. I do remember that. So yeah, I mean that's that would have been. I'm trying to gauge what I was probably. That show was probably 2004-ish, which means the movie probably came out in 2005-ish. So, yeah, I think that's probably in that range. So we've got Walking Tall and we've got Be Cool. Oh, man, three more. He was in it. What about the game plan? Oh. The one where he has the daughter and he's the football player. Oh, I was thinking, I got my football movies. I was like, remember the Titans? Um, The game plan. Yeah, wait, Oh, yeah. He, was he gonna... has a daughter that he doesn't know about or something like that, and then she shows up. Oh, and okay. Yeah, we could do that one. I think that's I think probably the, in that. The Tooth Fairy. When, was that later? Oh, that's another oh, That's another one. Yeah, that's the, he's a hockey player in that movie. Was he? Wow. But that's probably in there, too. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. Um, That's five. Some... Is that five? That's five. We're walking tall, be cool, the game plan, and the tooth fairy. That's four. That's four. Sorry, that's four. That's four. <laughs> um, it's okay. We're excited. It's a good question. I'm trying to think what else I can... Um, the only other one I can think of that would have been around that time was... Gridiron Gang? That's the football movie where he was the coach. Oh, that sounds reasonable. And I know in that movie, because it was on TV recently, that he wasn't like jacked up rock. Oh, so the 50 probably early. Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let's see. All right. Well, according to uh, 
According to, we're gonna have to go by Wikipedia and go from 2004 and later because Jose you didn't give us any answers, man. Unbelievable. Uh, we got one, two. We got three. Oh. Walking Tall was 2004. Be Cool was 2005. Gridiron Gang was 2006. Uh, the game plan was later on. That was 2007. And Tooth Fairy was 2010. Jeez. I wouldn't have guessed that. 12 year anniversary. Uh, the, yeah. The other ones in here were Doom. Oh, the video game one. Yes. Yeah. And I've never heard of this movie before. Uh, Southland, the Southland Tales. Or Southland, Southland Tales. Tales. Yeah, I think Sarah Michelle Geller was in it. That was a more artistic she one. She was. Yeah, I've never seen according it. According to according to Wikipedia, it is a dystopian comedy thriller. Thriller. Oh, I think it's a little become a bit of a cult film over the years. So this one has Dwayne Johnson, Sean William Scott, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Mandy Moore, Justin Timberlake. What a cast! A star-studded cast. Oh, I'm watching that tonight. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, Jose. Yeah, Thanks thank for the you. email and the five dollar challenge. Um, okay. What? Oh, Andrew, I'm going to have to send this to you. What is it? This is from Chad in Nebraska. Oh, no. No. Ghosts? No, he sent us a link. He sent us a link of the car being on by itself. Send that bad boy over. Do you, do you remember that we talked about this a couple of weeks ago? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is fantastic. So this is from <laughs> he sent us he sent us video from his ring doorbell. Oh, that's rad. I'm going to send this to you right now. Please You're going to get a text. Um, he said it's the car is on and it's him going outside to turn it off after it turned on by itself. Remember? Yeah. Oh, that's so freaky. I mean, you just see him going to turn off his car, but still, like, <laughs> that's the moment. Here we go. There he goes. He's going outside. That's the that's... moment the ghost turned his car on. Oh, that is weird. Oh, I want to know if anything else happened. He also sent us uh, an email on top of this, which I'll read now. <laughs> um, okay. Mike, first, I got to say, your reaction to thinking of bands for that $10 challenge last week was exactly how I am when my wife and her friends go to the bar and they're having trivia nights, especially the sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, Mike, do not fall into the trap of becoming a Danhausen fan. I know. I know. You're getting close. Yep. Uh, I knew people were going to call me out for this. Um <laughs> Again, I haven't read these ahead of time like I usually do. Uh, second, I've got to say, Jose and Texas's knowledge of China's adult film career is scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on to other wrestling. Bond for Glory is looking to be uh, another decent show. But just like Slammiversary, the main event of Josh Alexander and Eddie Edwards needs some more heat, even though Edwards pinning Alexander at Victory Road was a decent step. Mike Bailey and Kazarian should be match of the night. I still laugh at Bobby Fish's first match at Impact will be the random Battle Royal. I just hope the only thing he does in Impact is the Battle Royal, followed by the tapings after he can put someone over and then he can leave. If I remember right, you guys watched Ring of Honor. Uh, with Delirious coming in for a taping, it made me wonder how 
how was his booking run in Ring of Honor? Uh, it actually was pretty good. Um, he did a really good job, I think. And if you listen, I mean, it's a different type of style, but if you listen to Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette has raved about Delirious's booking. Uh, had really? Enjoyed working with him. Said, um, I believe I the line I heard him use once that he enjoyed booking with Delirious as much or more than he did with Kevin Sullivan 25 years ago. Wow. Um, That's which huge is pretty high praise. Yeah. 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 Uh, Impact needs to not go back to the Skyway Studios, as every time they are there, it seems like they only have 17 people in the crowd. Yeah. I remember the huge crowds by Imp- I I remember the huge crowds by Impact standards they would get in Canada. They need to go, they need to go back there. As I trip over my words, they need to go back there for a taping or two. More of a curiosity question: Did Meltzer or anyone ever announce what Anthem paid to get Access TV? I still have no idea how Impact makes any money. Neither do I. Uh, Chad in Nebraska. P.S. Darby and Danhausen need to be fired. Hopefully soon, so Mike can be stopped becoming a fan <laughs> of his. Uh, I don't think there was ever anything out there about how much they paid for access. Not, not that I've seen. No. Yeah, I, I never saw it that reported. Um, Five dollar question from Chad too. Option was oh, a TNA one. Boom, 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 boom. Option C has been used six times by five different. X division champions. Can you name the five wrestlers who cashed in the X title and the one wrestler who did it twice? So it's been do- cashed in five. This is a good one. It's been cashed in five times. Uh, sorry, six times, but by five different wrestlers. So who are the five wrestlers who did it? Um, I think Tessa was one. And I think oh, I, I just had him. You. I just had him in my mind. I, oh, Austin I know Aries. the one who did it twice. Austin Aries was the one who did it twice. Okay, I'm almost positive of that. Double A. Because I remember when he did it the second time. I remember there being like a storyline where they talked about how he had already done it once. I'm almost positive that was Austin Aries. Yeah. So Austin Aries, uh, I'm gonna write this down. Hold on, let me open up my notebook here. Because I closed it out of my on my tab, which I shouldn't have done. Mm. Uh, Austin Aries is gonna gonna be our times two, and then Tessa. I agree. I think I remember Tessa Blanchard doing it. Um, didn't Brian Cage do it? Uh, that might be. I'm not gonna fight. That I think one. right. At, I think right at the end, Brian Cage did it. I wouldn't be surprised. And then after that, I don't know. I don't know either. I can like picture. I want to say EC3, but that doesn't make sense. I don't know that he was ever the X Division champion. Yeah. Um, gosh, who would have had that during around that time? Um, oh, wait a minute. Um, Josh Alexander just did it last year. Oh, did he? Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, nice. I'm almost positive of that. Nice. So that's. That's four, so there's only one more then, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, there's only, there's, we oh. only have one more to guess. Next division. We have Austin Aries, Tessa Blanchard, Brian Cage, Josh Alexander. So we're missing one. Um, gosh. Um, I was going to say I Eric, mean, I would, but I don't think that's yeah, going to be the Eric, I would just be guessing... I would just be guessing guys at this point, you know? Yeah. 
someone along those lines. Um, I was going to say Eric Young, UC3. Eddie, I don't think Eddie Edwards did. I don't think so. Although maybe. I mean, maybe as a baby face, it seems like he yeah, would do. But... He's been there forever. Yeah. I'm fine if we want to go Eddie. I'm not. I mean, it's right. a complete guess, but. Yeah. Someone at that I agree. Ilk. But uh, Okay, let's see. Open up Chad's email. Um, Austin Aries was the one that did it twice, so we got that. Yes. We got Brian Cage. Oh, nice. We got Josh Alexander. And that's the only th- that Those are the three. We missed two. So there's no Eddie Edwards and there's no Tessa Blanchard. Oh, I she must have sure gotten Tessa her title it. shot another way. Uh, we've got Austin Aries did it. I'll, I'll go in order here. But from Chad's timeline. Austin Aries, Destination X 2012, he beat Bobby Roode. Chris Sabin, Destination X 2013, he beat Bully Ray. Oh, to Bully Ray, yeah. Yep. yep. Austin Aries, Destination X 2014, he lost to Lashley. This is the one I forgot about, but I remember this happening now. Rockstar Spud, Destination X 2015, he lost to Kurt Angle. Um, Brian Cage, Homecoming 2019, lost to Johnny Impact, and Josh Alexander, Bond for Glory 2021, he beat Christian Cage. 60%. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's a passing grade. Yeah. It's a a D, but it's a passing grade. (laughs) It's a D, but we all had a few of those. Exactly. Uh, That's it, Andrew. Emails are done. Wow, 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 wow. You ready for, you got one more in you? I got one more in me. Got one more in the, and then we'll, then we'll hit the old dusty trail. I lost my wedding ring. I have to delay going upstairs for as long as possible. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm scared for you. Um, okay, today's theme is just—it's just obscure wrestling facts, but they're fun ones. So we'll call it obscure fun wrestling facts. So everyone's okay. going to have a lot of fun. Um, who is the only tag team to wrestle in WWE? WCW, ECW, TNA, and Ring of Honor. Oh, my God. Um, Only one team has done it. Okay. WWE, ECW, WCW, Ring of Honor, and TNA. I... Only one team has done it. Jeez, are we? Does the WCW count as like WWE's version of, or is it actual W? Actually, WCW. Uh, I. Just for clarity, just for clarity. Um, I was like, could you could you repeat that again? Yeah, I'm saying when they had their WCW match, was it part of like WWE's version of WCW when they owned the company, or was it like on Nitro? Like it was an actual WCW. It was under like the Turner umbrella. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members.
Um, so that I'm see. There's a couple that come to mind, but there's a couple that are like I, I think are just short. I like. I don't think it was the Hardys. I don't think it was the Dudleys because I can't remember them ever wrestling in WCW. Um, I don't think. I'm trying to think what tag teams wrestled in ECW <laughs> and elsewhere. Like that's the hard one. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yep. Um. All right. So I'm gonna go. See, I don't think this is right because I think, I think one of them had unfortunately passed away before TNA or ROH came into existence, but it would make sense. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say the public enemy. Public enemy, Rock and Rock and Joni Grunge. Can't just take that in. I think I think one of them died though before like TNA and ROH became a thing, but I could I could be wrong. But if not, it would make sense that those companies would bring those guys in for like one match. You know what I mean? Right. It's just because they had name value. It seems like a reasonable guess. We'll find out if it's. And I know they the were. Right in, I know for a fact they were in WWE, ECW, and WCW. So <laughs> now we're gonna jump to WWE. Who was the first person to defeat Brock Lesnar clean? The first person to defeat Brock. Are clean. Clean. No shenanigans. No shenanigans. <laughs> um. That's a very good question. I know a couple of guys that did like early on. But I don't know if they were the first ones. I've got two that come to mind. I've got Kurt Angle beat him at I think a SummerSlam, and I think Eddie Guerrero may. I think Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle may have beaten him at back-to-back SummerSlams, but I don't know which one was first. Uh, I am gonna go with Kurt Angle because I think I think that was the first program was Angle. Because I think they did the the wrestler versus wrestler deal. All right. Third question. Mr. Kennedy, Ken Kennedy, is the final opponent for which two wrestlers? Which two deceased wrestlers had their last match against him? Oh, I know Eddie Guerrero was one. I know Eddie Guerrero. I know for a fact Eddie Guerrero was one. Um... Who was the other one? Can type in Eddie. I know Eddie Guerrero was one just because he's talked about it. I've I've heard him in interviews talking about it before. Um. Who would have been the second one? Hmm. Quite unfortunate. I know I'm not supposed to ask for clues, but it, it, there wasn't a second one in WWE, was there? Um, the uh, no, they, these both were in WWE. They both I'll were give, in. WWE. I'll give you that. Yep, it, it wasn't. It wasn't Kennedy's impact run. 
It was WWE. Okay. Well, then, then I'm sure Eddie Guerrero was one. Um, but Jesus, the only other one I'm trying to think of is WWE Run. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he's only there for a few only, years too. Yeah, that's what I Maybe mean. Like, there's only a yeah. There's only a couple that I can think of that would even I mean that would have unfortunately died while while he was there because it was only there for a couple of years. Um. I mean, I, I, the only one that I keep coming back to is Benoit. Benoit, do you want to? Yeah, Benoit? that's the only one. I it's the only one other one mm. I can think of. Honestly, that that would have something had would have had something happen during that that time. All right, number four. This one's a little clunky, but it'll make sense. What what finishing move is the most ever done by a wrestler in a singles match? So, for example. Uh, it's not this person. Let's say, but Hulk Hogan dished out ten leg drops in one match. Let's say it's him, but it's not him. What in also oh, in one match? In one WWE match. In one WWE match. What, the, okay. what is the finisher that was hit the most in one match? <sighs> See now with this one, it's got to be something that's easy. To hit quickly, right? Like it can't. It's not like Kurt Angle's not, ankle lock because it can't be a submission hold. That would take too long. It's not a Canadian destroyer. It's no, minutes. no, no. I'm thinking. I'm trying to think here. I'm. I'm gonna go with like. I think an F five would work. I can think of matches where Lesnar did a lot of F fives. I would think a stunner would work. I would think a rock bottom would work, just because you can kind of hit him in. Mm-hmm high frequencies um i am i'm gonna go with an f5 i'm gonna go with at some point in time lesnar hit somebody with like you know 15 f5s <laughs> <laughs> lesnar with the f5 all right the final question oh this was a fun one too what is the only match in wwe history to close a pay-per-view and then open the next one Okay, so you're saying it, it was the main event of a pay-per-view and then it was the opening match on the next pay-per-view? Correct, yes. Okay. <laughs> I have a theory on this. Okay. I have a theory on this. I have a theory that this was back when they had split titles. And I remember oftentimes, and this would have been like 06, 07, 08, 05, like this time frame, where like the World Heavyweight title would open the show sometimes because they would have two world title matches on one pay-per-view. So my guess is that it was a title match where it main evented one pay-per-view and then there was a rematch and it was, you know, the, the next one, uh, it opened the show. So I'm going to go with, I don't remember the main eventing a show though. I had a, I had a match in mind, but I don't remember the main eventing a show. Okay. I'm going to go with this because I think I remember these guys opened a show once And I feel like they would have main evented. I feel like my odds are good because they would have main evented shows at one point or another. I don't remember the year, but Triple H and Randy Orton. Triple H and Randy Orton. Okay. They had a match. I don't. The the match that opened a show, I think, was a gimmick match of some kind. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was a strap match, but there was. And it was. I want to say it was like at a December or November pay per view. 
They did fight a bunch of times, so it, and I could definitely yeah. see that. Probably like an 07. Do you want all your answers locked in? I do. Uh, also, I feel bad because I didn't say, Mike, this is a really easy one this week. I for, forgot to open with that, so I just need to get that. Well, see, there. I thought you. I thought this was actually uh, – see, I okay. I thought this was a – you were acknowledging this is actually, a hard one. Uh, actually, yeah, let's go back to that. This is a hard one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, because I think this is your worst night yet. Did I go zero? You got 0. 0.5. <laughs> 0. 0.5? Okay. The only t- – oh, this is – so you got half. So I mean, I got I got one of the of the Kennedy ones right, maybe. Correct. You got one of the Kennedy ones. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I actually love this one. The only team to take the only tag team to wrestle in WWE, WCW, ECW, See, TNA, and ROH is Public Enemy. No, not Public Enemy. I read yours. It's <laughs> I was going to say that I got one and a half. <laughs> Insane Clown Posse. Oh. I almost said them. <laughs> yeah, that's random. I almost said I couldn't remember them ever wrestling in ECW. That's why I, I didn't mention uh, them. But I didn't I, know they were wrestling I, Ring of Honor. I I remember them. I definitely remember them in WCW and ECW uh, in WCW and WWE. I remember them in TNA. I. Don't really remember them in ROH, but again, like it would make sense when they started that they would bring him in for something. Mm-hmm. I couldn't place them in ECW, which is why I went with Public Enemy instead. Oh, I, I almost had one and a half. It's, it's yeah, close. I know. I know. Who was the first person to defeat Brock Lesnar clean? You guessed Kurt Angle. It was Goldberg at WrestleMania 20. Um, Eddie did really? him, but there was some shenanigans involved because Goldberg speared him. So that yeah. the match that he had at WrestleMania 20 when he left the company, that was his first clean loss? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I would not have guessed that. Uh, Mr. Kennedy is the final opponent of which two wrestlers? You guessed Eddie Guerrero and Benoit. You got Eddie Wright. The other is Umaga. Umaga. Ooh, yes. Uh, what finishing move is the most ever performed by a wrestler in a singles match? Uh, you were on the right track that it needs to be easy to hit. You guessed Lesnar's F5, which is probably number two and three and four. Uh, but number one is the curb stomp. It was performed 15 times to the Fiend at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> and it wasn't 15? enough to put him <laughs> 15 times. Was not enough to put him away. Of course it wasn't. He got his no. face smashed into the ring 15 times, but he still won. Yeah. Um, what is the Who only says match? nobody's selling nowadays? And the Fiend's probably coming back very soon, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is the only match in WWE history to close a pay-per-view and open the next one? You were on the right track as this as well. Um, due to that time period and the, the championships and the split, uh, you guessed Hunter and Orton. It was CM Punk versus Undertaker, breaking point in 2009, and then Hell in a Cell. Well, there it is. I mean, at least I was. I, my methodology was right. Yeah, you were, you were very close to, uh, to getting a 5 out of 5. You were just a couple of tweaks away. Yeah, I was on the right. I didn't actually, you know, pull the train into the station on any of them, but I was on the right track for all of them. So that's good. Yes. Well done. I'll take it. Uh, all right, Andrew, where else can people find you? Uh, you can check me out on the Unexpected Storytelling Podcast. Uh, that is brand new 
horror comedy stories uh, every month. Uh, I think we didn't release one last one, month. Apologies. But we will have one on Halloween. Uh, so check that out. That is the Unexpected Storytelling Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Torch McMahon. You can also email the show, all lead after show at gmail.com. And uh, for the next week, I'm going to be climbing under my desk looking for my wedding ring because I don't know where it went. So uh, I'm going to go do that right now for Andrew. Uh, uh, thanks again for emailing the show and listening uh, and doing all that stuff. We really appreciate it. So please, again, yeah. do it next week as well. Right? Uh, that's it. So thanks again for listening to this week's show, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. PW Torch is now on YouTube. Check out our relaunched, revamped, and reinvigorated YouTube channel after many years sitting dormant, collecting dust. And now it's back, shinier, brighter. It smells better. It's our PW Torch YouTube channel. And you can check out daily news updates, the weekly fireside chat with Tyler Sage and Zach Hadorn, and my Keller commentaries. The first Keller commentary was my rebooking of WrestleMania 38's lineup. I used all the same wrestlers, but none of the same matches. And I tried to make a better two-night event. Decide for yourself. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash PWTorch. And be sure to hit subscribe and like our videos. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year.